Hey, Lo. Hey, Zo. How's it going today? Uh, good as ever, because we're starting the day first with a Q&A call inside of our Quantum Creators course, which like I just, we just always, I mean, a big part of the reason that we even do those calls still, because we have like seven rounds now of recorded calls that people get access to is because we like to be in the content. We like to be engaging with people around it. So um, that, and now we're recording this. So like, it's a good abundant Thursday. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, super abundant. I'm presently in Florence, Italy, and I took the morning to myself, which is nice because I'm kind of working more so on the Eastern time zone. So I definitely have some spacious morning. Um, we had a good little catch up via voice notes. I had an incredible session with my coach, the quantum creator call. Like it's just all the things that I love in one day and we're only like halfway through the day. So it's exciting. And uh, I'm really excited about this episode today because I feel like it's uh, like we just spoke into, it's a great next episode after what we were talking about last week around healing rejection and <laughs> feeling our emotions in order to heal them. And today we really want to speak to you guys about some of our top ways in which we've practiced regulating the nervous system. And Lo, you're always so good at explaining the nervous system to people. So I feel like you could definitely preface this episode a little bit with some education for us on what the nervous system actually is, because I didn't realize how big this was. I wasn't even aware of this until about two years ago when I made the move to Bali. And I realized that I was severely burnt out. And then I I recognized that the work that needed to be done and the work that I started doing at that point was healing my nervous system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was new for me um, a little over a year ago now and has completely changed many areas of my life, but also the way I even think about mindset work because we are, the way that we think is so crucially tied to the way that we feel and the state, the emotional state of our body and just starting to understand that the mind is the body, the body is the mind. When we are in a, a program, an emotional program within the body or within the nervous system of, let's say, anxiety or stress or burnout, our thoughts match it. When we are in a, a mental program of doubt or, or, you know, just thoughts of a certain kind of emotion, those emotions are felt in the body. So it's like, we have to address both the body and the mind. And one of the, the biggest parts, I mean, the nervous system is the mind and the body, um, but it's, it's essentially our operating system. It is what is responsible for all of the parts of our bodies that miraculously keep us alive every single day without us even needing to do anything, right? You don't think I got to make sure I keep breathing. You don't think I got to make sure that, you know, there's still, there's, blood pumping through my brain, uh, my brains, my veins. Those are things that just naturally happen. And so all of that is um, largely coming from the nervous system, but a big part of what, or a piece of the nervous system that really dictates our day-to-day -day lives. And as you said, I was not aware of this for a long time. And I could not believe that it took me as long as I, as it did being so in the coaching world, the self-development world to even hear anyone talk about the nervous system. I'm hearing it more now. And maybe that was just my own paradigm of what I was, you know, <laughs> open to or, or aware of at the time. But the part of the nervous system that really um, is so important to understand is our sympathetic versus parasympathetic, which is rest and digest versus um, fight or flight. And basically what this part of the nervous system does is 
when we are faced with any kind of threat or perceived threat, something that might happen in the future um, or that we're afraid of, we go into fight or flight automatically. And it's called the autonomic nervous system. It's, it's Dr. Joey says autonomic equals automatic. It happens involuntarily. And essentially if there is a perceived threat, whether it be mental or emotional in our, or sorry, mental or physical in our, um, reality. So a bear is chasing you. The bank is calling, (laughs) um, emotion, an emotional threat can be rejection. For an example, we did speak about this last, last week. Those are things that the nervous system, especially if you have trauma or times in the past when you've experienced something traumatic in that same area, the nervous system is like, we need to escape this. We're going to, we're going to push her into fight or flight. We're going to dilate her pupils. We're going to put pump more blood through her veins. We're going to mobilize her brain so that she can only focus on the problem at hand. She has a better chance of surviving it. We're going to pump her full of hormones like adrenaline and things that are going to give her energy if she needs to run. And it's this biological and, and physiological response to either external circumstances or the potential of external circumstances. And one thing that Dr. Joey says is humans are the only species that can turn this response on via thought alone. So we can be thinking about something from the past or something that may happen in the future, and we can have a stress response to it. And the body goes into defense mode and into a need to run away from or escape. And, um, it's really important to understand this because especially if you're in the world of like manifestation, there's all this emphasis on how you feel, but how we feel is so largely dictated by where we've come from and the nervous system responses that we have in place from a place of survival, uh, that if we don't address it and we don't teach the nervous system, a new way of operating and relating to our external circumstances, then we don't have control over our thoughts and emotions. And whenever someone's in a state of anxiety or a client is coming to me and they're in a state of anxiety and they're like, I'm trying to affirm, you know, that it's all going to be okay. And I'm like, your brain, like you can affirm that all you want. Your body isn't going to believe it. Your body's in a state of fight or flight. That's what we need to address here right now. That will give you back control, conscious control over the thoughts that you're thinking. But if we don't do that first, you can't calm your body down through thinking. We have to do it through feeling. So, um, it has been hugely, uh, impactful for me to recognize where my nervous system was kicking me into stress responses. It was, it was almost always in response to some sort of fear of rejection. There's definitely been money things in the past, but I would be in a launch, not having people sign up. And I would be like spiraling into anxiety about it. And that was because I had, you know, trauma from the past where I was rejected, if you will, or I perceived that I was being rejected or abandoned or not good enough or not wanted. That was a big one. Just undesired. That was it feelings of being undesired was a real, like I would just completely lose control over all my capacity to think straight. It was so threatening to me that my whole body would just be in a state of you need to escape this. And until I started to retrain my nervous system and show it safety, even in the presence of those potential threats, I really mindset work could only take me so far. Right. So there's a number of ways to regulate the nervous system and it is done through, um, repeatedly practicing safety in the present moment. And there's a variety of ways to do that. And what they all have in common, in my opinion and experience is that they 
How do you sit with the emotion that's coming up or with the potential threat that you're facing, not try and get away from it, not try and shift out of it. That's where the power is. If you can become safe in the potential of rejection, in the potential of abandonment, in the potential of not being desired, these things that, you know, your nervous system currently deems a threat to your safety, to your physical safety, even though we know that they're not, our body doesn't know that you can start to regain your capacity to not have that spiral happen to the same extent. And you can bounce back quite quickly um, from something that previously would have put you into days or weeks even of fight or flight. Yes. Ooh, thank you so much for this low. Like you're always so good at speaking into that and just shining a light on all the awareness, right? Because for me personally, when I find myself like experiencing something come up in my body and my nervous system, I remember this science of it. I remember the biology of it. I bring awareness to that. And then I can zoom out and start tending to my, tending to my needs. Like what is that we actually need right now? And then moving forward with some of the practices that we're going to share with you guys, but just recognizing that experiencing overwhelm, fight or flight, big emotions passing through all of that is just a natural part of the human experience. And we have the power to heal that, to regulate ourselves. And when we tend to our own needs in that way, that's when we just integrate the most beautiful foundation for ourselves, our relationship with ourselves, deep levels of self-love. And it's like, it's essentially how we become whole and complete inside is by really tending to ourselves on this intimate level. And so Lo, what are some of, um, or what's one practice we can go back and forth. What's a practice that really, uh, works for you for, for being present with yourself as you're navigating something in the nervous system. So when I first gained this awareness and started to actively show my body safety, when it was feeling threatened, Um, I didn't have a toolbox at the time because it was so new to me and I was kind of just figuring it out on my own uh, in terms of what worked. And it was a very simple, that's the thing, this practice is very simple and it's, it's as simple as it is powerful. The hardest part about it is the awareness. When you're in fight or flight, you're not thinking I need to calm my nervous system down. You're thinking I need to escape this threat. How do I make it better? Um, But so that's the hardest part actually doing the work is just a practice and it's quite simple. So I would do, and and still do do just very short five to 10 minute meditations where I was completely bringing my body into the present moment through usually like it's, it's our five senses that experience the present moment. So I've started doing it actually with my artwork because I do mandalas and they're a meditative aid for, for visual reasons. Like you can allow your, your vision to, you know, move in and out of the designs, become very engaged in the present moment because of what you're viewing, um, or even painting in my case. Uh, but in the beginning I did it just through what I could hear. So I was living in the city at the time and there was always traffic outside of my apartment. And I would just tune into the sounds of the traffic going by. And even like the sound of my, my, you know, air conditioning coming on in my apartment. And that would bring me really into the present moment. And the truth is, is that 95, at least percent of the time in the present moment, we actually are safe. Even if your landlord is going to kick you out and you're going to be homeless tomorrow because you haven't paid rent in three months in this moment, if you're not physically being kicked out, you are being taken care of. You have a roof over your head still. And that's where our power is, is to recognize that no matter where we're at, um, we are physically safe in this moment, almost all of the time. Now, if you're not 
physically safe and you're having a stress response because something actually dangerous happening that we're not speaking to that. We're not saying sit down and meditate when, you know, there's a dog chasing you or whatever. Um, but most of the time the threat is perceived. And so I would just, I would just lie down on my bed, something that felt comfortable, something that was safe. I'm not someone that generally falls asleep during meditation. So lying down works for me. And I would just like really drop into my body and, and, and become very present. Sometimes I would affirm things like you are safe, you are seen, you are heard right now. You have everything that you need, but it would really just be like, I feel the blankets beneath my hands and they're soft. I feel, you know, the air conditioning coming on and I'm okay right now. Like really just routinely showing myself safety in the present moment. I did it when I was first dating my boyfriend um, and old patterns of a fear of rejection would come up, which had had me sabotage so many relationships. And instead of trying to get out of that way of thinking, I would drop into it and I would show my nervous system. It is safe to be rejected. It's actually safe to be, it is physically safe to be rejected. You don't have to be happy about it. You don't have to be a thousand percent okay with it. You're just showing your nervous system. You will physically survive this, even if it happens. And so it stops having it be something you need to escape from as quickly as you possibly can. So that was my number one, just simple meditation. Yeah. Amazing. That's how I started as well. Um, in my meditations, I'm, I, focused in on what the body was feeling. I lie down in my bed always like lying down worked better for me than sitting up like cross-legged. It's kind of just like allowing the, the whole body to just start to relax. I started to notice in that lying down where I was holding tension. Maybe it was in my shoulders, maybe it was in my chest. And I would just start to deep breathe into those spaces that felt like they were, they were tense, that they were constricting, breathing into those spaces, often putting my hand on my heart and focusing the energy there in my heart. And like asking myself consciously, like, what do you need right now? Like what, what emotion wants to come through and just giving myself space to like allow that release to happen. Maybe it was crying for like a minute or five. Like sometimes it's, it's just a short little burst that wants to come through, but just allowing that emotional processing to happen while lying down and showing myself safety. And then to accompany that something that really has supported me and even, and really supports me after I have an emotional release, like let's say I needed to cry for um, a, a period of time is I'll, I would self-soothe. It's just like, you know, putting, putting my hands on my arms and just like rubbing myself or like touching my face or just like, again, just like maybe like rubbing uh, on my heart space, like in circles, just reminding myself that I'm okay or putting my hand on my tummy, like wherever it was that was feeling the energy and just like self-soothing saying like, I love you. Like you are safe. And, um, offering myself that gift of physical touch really supports, I find, especially after the emotion release, like always after you've released, um, a stuck or stagnant emotion, like let's say some, some tears that wanted to come through, you've got a new spaciousness in your body, in your being. So I always think about when I create space, I'm going to fill that space up with love for myself. Um, and so that's kind of a conscious practice that I do after I, I lie down and allow the body to process the emotion or the feeling or bring again, safety back into the nervous system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and like, so said the commonality here is not escaping the emotions. It's actually being with them. It's actually finding safety in that potential. That's where the power is because then we get to stop. If we are okay with our worst case scenario, or we at the very least know that we would survive it. Um, then in a lot of times the worst case scenario is like total failure, you know, 
having to move home or admit that you defeat or whatever, if you can actually go to that thing that you're resisting and be like, it would be okay. Like I would move on with my life. Now it doesn't have to have control over you or power over you. And, uh, this was before I had this awareness. This is what I did when I first went into my, um, my business full time. I, that's what I've been creating for such a long time. And then I did, I let go of my clientele from my previous business that had been supporting me for over three years at that point. And the first like week I was so riddled with anxiety. Cause I was like, I'm leaving to go travel um, Italy, I've only had a consistent income in this business for a few months. Like what if it doesn't work and I have to come home after six weeks, you know, move back home. Now I have no business and I let go of something that was really great and stable. And I was in such a state of anxiety until I just went, well, what if that did happen? Like, and I went to a place where it was like, well, that would, you know, it's not what my ego wants, but I would move home. I'd I'd do some like mobile lash work because that's what my previous business had been. I would start again and rebuild and it would be okay, you know? And as soon as it was okay that that was going to happen or could happen, I stopped resisting it. It never did, right? It's like the things that we resist persist. So to no longer resist it, we actually want to go into it and show ourselves that it would be okay. So um, one of the tools I've I've really started uh, implementing more recently, and this is, thanks to a good friend of mine who is a huge believer in tapping and tapping is quite interesting to me in terms of how effective it is. And there's all kinds of different texts around why tapping is so um, effective and how it impacts the subconscious mind. But again, it's like, it's a, it's a bringing yourself into the present moment through touch. So, or through one of the five senses. So um, it's a very simple, what I do is like, and this was what my friend told me to do is go through the tapping points, which are, I mean, look, if you're, if you're listening to this and you don't know what tapping is, just watch any video on YouTube and you just be with whatever the fear is and then give yourself love and acceptance. So it's like, I was doing it the other day. Like I have this fear of becoming trapped quote unquote, because during the pandemic for a whole bunch of different reasons, I felt extremely trapped and it was really like, I was just anxious all the time. And sometimes something happens and it triggers that trauma where it's like, what if I went back to that place of being trapped? And it's like this persistent fear. So I just went through, like, even though I have this persistent fear that I could go back to feeling trapped, I love forgive and accept myself. And the first few times that I did it, I had that automatic release of emotion, which I didn't even know was there. And by the time I went through it like 10 or 11 times, it was very neutral to me. So just going through the tapping points, um, over and over, I really love tapping. You can search any, like a script for anything that you want tapping around. If you're feeling anxious, if you're having doubt, search it on YouTube, find a five or 10 minute video. There is so much out there and it really is transformative. Yes. Um, I took a course to become certified in EFT tapping and, and also, uh, I want to give a couple actual steps here that really supported me or like are, are different than from what I've seen out there that have really helped shift things for me. And one is like the language that's used, uh, mm-hmm. for EFT tapping. Cause you'll hear different languages, um, in all different videos, depending on how people were, were trained or certified in this. For me, the way that I was trained was to speak into the feeling, right, that you might be experiencing as if it's already in the past, because that starts to train the subconscious. That's that's how you felt. It's not how you're feeling. So for example, if 
um, if I had this feeling that it was showing up around rejection, I could start, I could start tapping and be like, even though I am feeling rejected, I still deeply and completely love myself. But the way that I was trained was even though I have felt rejected, I still deeply and completely love myself. And so that starts to send the message to the subconscious. It allows you to have the emotional release. Like often for me, when I'm tapping, I'll either start crying, tearing, or yawning. Those are the things that happen. Mostly it's just yawning. Mostly I just start to feel energy, just start to move in my body, but actionably saying, even though I have felt, even though I have felt trapped, even though I have felt unsafe, even though I have felt scared, or even though I have felt fear, you're reminding yourself that you're already on the other side of that because you're already allowing that emotion to pass through and all the way out. And then another actionable step that I learned in this course was um, sometimes you may not feel comfortable to be tapping. Like you might be on the subway and you're like, I'm feeling something. I want to relieve myself in the ways that I know how I would love to tap, but you don't really feel comfortable or safe to do that on the subway, let's say is that you can just um, EFT think your way through it. And this is what I do more often than I do the tapping uh, because I'll do it like when I'm lying in bed at night and I just feel too tired to be like sitting up, starting to tap, is that I focus my awareness to the top of my head, let's say, like if, um, or the side of my hand, wherever I, I'm going to be like tapping or on the brow point or things like that. Um, and you guys can watch videos online um, about the, the tapping points specifically, but focusing the awareness and like moving through that in my own mind, like imagining myself tapping on my head when I'm not actually tapping on my head and saying, even though I have felt rejected, like just thinking that to myself, thinking, mm -hmm. thinking, thinking my way through the pattern of tapping without actually physically tapping. And I, it works just the same for me, if not better, because mm -hmm. I can do it wherever I want. And I have that release. Like I was doing it in my parents' living room the other week when I was there. Nobody knew, nobody knew that I was processing my emotions, but I was doing it. <laughs> I really like that. Um, I, one thing I have done before, before, I mean, I'm going to try that next time I'm like out in public, but you can tap like even just your, the tips of your fingers together or tap like gently on the side of your wrist under a table. And I remember last year I'd had someone, um, like fraudulently get a hold of my credit card details. And I had to like close down all of my accounts and I'm at the bank and she's like going through everything. And I'm just feeling so anxious about the entire thing. And there's all these bills coming out and now they're all going to decline because I, all those cards are canceled and like, and I'm just sitting there and I'm tapping my fingers together like this, like through the anxiety of like, I don't remember what the script was at the time, but like, even though I'm feeling really vulnerable here, I love and accept myself. And I think I was, um, something I often do is like affirm something that feels really, really true for me, which is like, you are divinely protected. You know, it's all going to work out. It's going to be okay. Um, so that can be, I mean, I actually used to use affirmation a lot around like everything is always working out for me, but doing it through one of the other modalities that bring you into the present moment. So addressing the brain or sorry, addressing the body and the mind. So like everything is always working out for me and like feeling that release in my body, like that can be effective as well. And you can combine these things. Like it's, a, I think it's a really personal thing in terms of what works for you. And it might be different things on different days. That's what it is for me or depending on what's coming up. But the important part is, is being with that emotion, experiencing that release. If there is one, I liked what you were saying, Zoe, about speaking to the emotions from the past. I remember in like my most anxious time, 
recording fake podcast episodes. And when I say fake, I mean, I recorded them, but there was never any intention of, of publishing them. And I was telling the story of where I currently was from the perspective of the future. And so I allowed myself to have this like deep emotional release of all of the stuff that I was carrying, but I was doing it from a place of like, this is something that I've already, um, you know, that I've already overcome, but it, it makes me emotional to think back to in a way. And it was actually so helpful for me at the time, because we want to move that energy. We want to have that emotion be seen and heard. And one of the things that I think can help people is to think about this in terms of like inner child work to me, inner child and the nervous system are one's a scientific explanation. One's a little bit more spiritual, if you will, but we have experiences when we're children or growing up that impact our ability to respond um, proactively, if you will, or intentionally to circumstances, it's the same thing with inner child work. It's like right now, if you're feeling rejected and that's spiraling you, there's a, a part of your inner child that felt rejected. And the thing that we don't want to do is reject her in her rejection. To be like, Ooh, you're feeling rejected. I don't like that. I'm going to run away from it to love on that part of ourselves to spend time with it through meditation, tapping, whatever it is to actually allow yourself to feel those emotions is the same thing as saying like, Hey, you know, little Lauren, <laughs> I see you, your emotions are valid, but you are safe with me. And I think just helping people to think of it that way, maybe is a little bit more approachable for some people. Um, it's just, again, whatever works for you. Is there, are there more? So I know we've got a bunch that we want to touch on in terms of techniques. Yeah. I mean, I love how you like brought in the inner child there because one thing that can help that if that's something that you're resonating with, or you feel like, um, whatever you're experiencing, like maybe the emotions surrounding rejection remind you of a time in your childhood. I've often visualized like in meditation or lying down in that, in that safe space, visualized myself supporting younger me like supporting younger me that was forgotten at swimming lessons by my mom, you know, that was like outside and just going to that younger Zoe and giving her a hug and just like bringing her close to my heart space and really feeling into that. So visualization can be really powerful. I find when you're, when you're tending to the inner child and it's bringing up memories or things like that is, um, it also kind of reminds me of one of our bonus modules inside of quantum creators course that is revision. It's going back in time in the past and healing the past and like actively doing, doing that work. So I imagine myself going into the past and healing and supporting little Zoe. And it's quite interesting because I mean, I believe in multiple timeline. We could, we can have another weird episode on those types of things maybe one day. Um, but I, I trust that when I go back in time through visualization and hug little Zoe, nurture little Zoe, cuddle her as she's crying herself to sleep in different points in times that I remember in my memories that that supported younger me that like that part of the past is healed. And I feel differently now because of that. Um, and so, yeah, that's really, really supportive. Um, Another thing that, that popped into my mind when we were talking about, um, about tapping and like you said, tapping under the table or like wherever you can, sometimes like I I'll feel emotions wanting to emerge. They seem to create a tightness in my chest. So whenever I feel a tightness in my chest, no matter like where I am, I'll just start tapping in the middle of my chest. Like, even if I don't even know what the emotion is, but I'm feeling some constriction happening, I just tap on that area and I just affirm and remind myself it's safe for me to release whatever this is safe for me to release whatever this is because often the mind, like if we're feeling something in the body, 
the mind wants to automatically go to that space of what is this? What does it mean? Um, what's the narrative here? Blah, blah, blah. For me, anyways, that's how my mind works. It's like searching. If it's not already creating intrusive sponsored thoughts, the mind will try to attempt to create that. So sometimes if I have, I've noticed the emotion first, or I notice the constriction in my body first, I just tap again on the center of my chest. And I just remind myself, it's safe for me to lose this, whatever it is, might yawn a couple of times. And then I feel free because EFT, emotional freedom technique, we're actually allowing these emotions to free themselves mm-hmm. from our, our bodies and that they've been stored there. So that's yeah. just another little tip. Yeah. Um, so other things that, I mean, I, I really just have like two more beyond that, that I can think of right now. One of them is creating something like, and again, that's like, um, you get into just this like creative trance, whether it's anything that you're passionate about creating for me, that is usually painting, but even creating content that I feel excited about, um, or yeah, any kind of like writing. Cause again, you're like, you're bringing yourself into the moment. However, for a lot of people, if I'm feeling anxious, the idea of like sitting down to paint doesn't always like, I'm like, like, no, I'm already overwhelmed. I don't want to take that on too. So I think it's just, it's what you feel called to. But the other thing I was going to say, is just like going for a walk, like moving your body, um, because so much perspective and safety can be found in nature. Um, even if you live in the city, this is still true. Just getting out there again, becoming present. You can use it as a meditative sort of aid, if you will, just feeling your feet touching the ground or hitting the ground. Uh, and that one has been really big for me as well. Like actually doing something and moving rather than like sitting in this space where I feel trapped and, um, just allowing those emotions to move through you through moving your body, which it doesn't have to be walking. If you can go into the gym, going for a bike ride, like whatever it is. Yeah. Movement is great. And one thing, um, that's worked really well for me is just stretching, like noticing when the body's feeling tense or locked up and choosing to drop down and just start stretching or like start practicing yin yoga, not, not necessarily even going to a class or doing any of that. It's just knowing like, okay, here are some stretches that allow me to feel more spaciousness in my chest or allow my legs to feel like they're stretching out or my back to stretch out. Because what I find is that again, the body sponsors thoughts that if the body's not being tended to in the, in the way that it, that it needs to be, uh, then it will start to sponsor like constrictive thoughts. If the body is feeling trapped, you will start to think trapped thoughts. If the body is feeling tense, you will start to think tense thoughts. So really recognizing where in the body am I holding tension and then start stretching into it, breathing into it. Um, on that note too, breath work is very powerful. Um, there are certain other, other things too, that I feel called to share. Like, you know, I've entered into breath work containers or breath work ceremonies. I've also, um, I'm a Cambo practitioner. Cambo has really helped me with, um, healing my nervous system and allowing suppressed emotions, um, and things out of the body. And of course, plant medicines, like, you know, if you feel the call to those types of things is what I'm saying. So I'll just give them an honorable mention here. Um, but yeah, those are just some things that have helped me and supported me along the path of healing and regulating the nervous system. Yeah. Um, anything like even doing the dishes meditatively, if you will, Mm -hmm. where you're just, I used to do that before I had any of this awareness. Like when I first got into like, I first started like my spiritual awakening, I would like do the dishes and just listen to the sounds on the plates, (laughs) you know, like 
really zoning in on whatever it was that I was doing. So it really is very simple. It can be very inviting. And like we said, the hardest part is the awareness in the moment, especially if you're in a, like a, a serious stress response. Sometimes it's something that's just kind of lurking underneath the surface and you can bring it to the surface with any of these uh, practices. But what happens is over time, we cultivate the ability to like not only um, not go into such a, a spiral, but the nervous system starts to relearn that it is actually safe a lot more often than it previously believed. And so it it doesn't feel the need anymore to trigger that to such an extent. And so if rejection comes up for me now, where it used to sometimes spiral me for three days at a time or more, now it's like, I might sit with it for an hour sometimes less, sometimes more, depending on, you know, what the situation is, but it's something that it's like, I can quickly regulate around. I can quickly choose my safety and my, my story around, if you will, because I've practiced it. And that it's like doing these things. It should be, it, it should be a, it's, it's conditioning the body and the mind and the nervous system through practice over time. So every time when I, when I was in my most dysregulated time in my life. And I started to understand this. I did things like I would, I just have this memory of going out to get this bagel for breakfast one day. And I sat there eating it. And I was like, there is so much well-being for me in this moment, even though the rest of my world feels like it's completely falling apart in this moment, this bagel is well-being. And I was like training my body back into that state of well-being consciously. And it took a while before it really started to like take hold in a way that allowed for me to move back to a space where I predominantly felt good about things, but understanding it's not something you can create immediate shifts. Um, but this is more about, it's like, it's going to the gym. If you were going to build your capacity to move your body in a certain way through strength training, you would go a few times a week or whenever you needed to, to run the mile or run the 10 miles, you wouldn't just dive into it and expect that you should be able to like make your body do this thing that you haven't trained it for. So that's, it's a training. That's what you're doing. And every moment spent in a new mental or emotional program of well-being, of safety, of presence is all adding up so that this becomes your dominant way of being, but practice and repetition are key. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Other little things that I just feel called to mention before we wrap up is like just really starting to, to build a different relationship with your body and that, that awareness. So for example, when I was really starting to do, um, some deep work on the nervous system, specifically in a breathwork con container with my coach, I recognized that I was, uh, consuming a bit more caffeine than probably was actually good for my system. And I noticed that when I would have, let's say the second cup of coffee, I was more susceptible to anxiety. If that's the state of being that my body was in. So starting to make um, conscious, healthy swaps. Like I stopped drinking coffee and then I started drinking matcha. And then instead of matcha, I just started drinking chamomile tea, which was a lot more supportive for my nervous system. Of course, these things are different for every person, but just bringing awareness to, mm, how do I feel after I eat that thing or after I consume that thing? And then starting to just make these micro adjustments so that you overall feel more at peace and feel more calm in your body. Um, and you're not triggering it in ways that perhaps you could avoid. Yeah. Yeah. That one's a really powerful one. That's something I've done even just this last week. My, I've never had like, well, I shouldn't say never in the last eight years or so I've never had like really bad eating habits, but I have frantic ones sometimes that are like, and when I say frantic, I'm like, 
I need to just put something in my stomach so that I can go on doing what I need to do for the next four hours and not having to, like, it's like an inconvenience for me. And so as a result, I just like often grab something that I know is not really going to feed me, but it's going to sustain me kind of, you know, anyway. So this week I was actually very intentional about like buying the groceries, having a plan, like meal prepping a little bit so that lunch is something I can just go and pull out out of the fridge. And yeah, it's like not, it's not dieting or anything. It's less frantic energy in my life where it's like, this is something where I feel now that I'm being intentional. And it's those little shifts that really add up because of course that's supportive to your nervous system, right? So yeah, I think it is a a personal thing for everyone. The awareness is the part that will change your life. And then a couple of go-to practices that are really simple that over time build your capacity to exist more in that state of rest and digest than you do fight or flight. Yeah. So we hope that this episode helped you guys. And if it did, please give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube and, or, you know, share this episode with someone who you feel like could really um, use it or it could support them in their journey. And as always, we just love and appreciate you so much. Bye guys. Thank you guys so much for spending a piece of your day with us and tuning in to The Low and Zo Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate it and share on social media. Be sure to tag us. Until next time, stay abundant.